On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, we talk with Dave Rendell about his new book, Pink Goldfish, with Stan Phelps, and he tells us why embracing your weakness can give you power. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today is a repeat guest and a rock star. He's the author of Freak Factor and the Purple Goldfish, Dave Rendall. Dave, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks, man. It's Stan who did Purple Goldfish, actually. I'm the Pink Goldfish guy. Right. Stan and I did that together. Okay, sorry. I thought I said pink. My bad. That's um, fine. So, um, and I'm reading questions off of the screen right here, and I probably read it right out of there. So, my bad. Um, I'm excited to, to talk to you about this. So, it's funny, you know, uh, Stan, you, me, we were going back over email, and it occurs to me that, like, Stan's written about every goldfish in the color of the rainbow, it seems like. You've written about yeah. the freak factor. So, what yeah. made you two decide to collaborate on the pink goldfish? Yeah, well, Stan's always looking for new kind of goldfish ideas, and we've been friends for a long enough time. And actually, we did a conference together. This is probably the beginning of it. I had a client in Bahrain, and they were looking for some help with marketing, and that's not my thing. So I suggested Stan. We were able to go over there together, and we kind of did a combo uh, kind of mashup of um, – what if you were doing marketing with the freak factor? You know, so Stan's thing is marketing. My thing is the freak factor. And uh, it turned out pretty cool. We had some pretty cool examples and the audience really liked it. And I think that was sort of the genesis of it is, hey, what if we did this um, all by itself? And uh, I didn't think of it right away, uh, even after we did the seminar. So Stan said, hey, um, you know, Dave, what do you think about doing pink goldfish? Um, and obviously my thing was already pink. Um, and so that was an easy color choice. And um yeah, and it turned out to be really good. In fact, it's so good that we wrote the book last year, and we already have so many new examples. We're going to update the book because the all my previous books, I um, I spoke about them over a period of time, and then I wrote the book. Mm. This is the first time I sort of wrote a book, and then so we've been sort of the more we speak on it and the more we think about it, and then when we speak on it, people give us other examples and interesting examples, and it initially when you just say, hey, does anybody have any examples of companies embracing their weakness? That's a tough thing. But once you have existing examples, people start to get the idea. Audiences hear the whole thing. Uh, you know, there's even just, we got an amazing one from Germany when I was in Barcelona um, from, from some people. And it turns out to be perfect. Like their, their transportation system is terrible and they don't apologize for it, it's not gonna get any better, and so they just make fun of it, and they make fun of you if you complain about it, and they're just totally embracing it, totally flaunting it, and uh, they make funny commercials about how bad it is and about how, it's, how, it's, how they do it on purpose, and they're trying to make you mad, and it's just like, wow, that's we couldn't have made up a better better example. It almost doesn't seem true. So that's funny. That's funny. So so for those who haven't heard about the pink goldfish, give me the overall yeah. concept behind the book. Yeah. So pink goldfish is basically the freak factor for marketing and strategy. So the freak factor is this idea that our weaknesses can also be strengths. Um, I was always in trouble getting I was getting in trouble because I couldn't sit still and be quiet and do what I was told. And now I get paid to. Uh, dress like an idiot and stand up and talk and run my own business. Um, and so I realized that my weaknesses were strengths. I started to wonder if other people had weaknesses that were strengths. And then I started to realize the more I spoke about it, this applies to business too. Weakness, uh, businesses have weaknesses that are also strengths. Businesses could flaunt and embrace their weaknesses instead of trying to fix them. 
Um, you, it, there's trade-offs. You have to have certain weaknesses in order to have other strengths. And so um, Stan and I really just pursued this just as it relates to uh, marketing and strategy. So Pink Goldfish says, what if companies, instead of trying to fix what was wrong with them and what, what people complained about and what people in their industry said was wrong or weird, what if they went in a different direction? What if they embraced it? What if they tried to take it to the next level? We call that flaunting, sort of be unapologetic, being proud of who you are. And the key thing is really two pieces. It's doing less of what most companies and customers would describe as normal and good, and usually normal and good kind of go together, right? All companies do their marketing this way. Everybody in our industry has billboards or everybody's using social media or everybody knows you have to have a lifetime guarantee or everybody knows you have to have long-term contracts or just fill in the blank. Everybody knows it, everybody does it. And so the standard is for us to do things that way and what we show is that makes everybody homogenous. Mm -hmm. So do uh, less of what everyone thinks of as normal um, and good um, or do more of what everybody considers weird or bad. <laughs> so when companies are like, certainly we'd never do that, or certainly no one should or would do that, and certainly that would be the wrong way to go, then you go, okay, let's give that a shot, right? Yeah. Let's give that a shot. Um, and so in that, both of those things sound ridiculous. And so that's why the book is full of examples, because if you just got up and said, try this, people would be like, I'm not going to ruin my business. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. And so we give a bunch of examples of companies doing you know, doing just that. That's, it's a super interesting concept. But one of the things, like, as a leader in an organization or as a salesperson, entrepreneur, I struggle sometimes talking about my weaknesses, let alone showcasing yeah, yeah. them, right? Yeah, so yeah. how do you encourage entrepreneurs and organizations to go in this way? Yeah, well, it's still kind of, well, it's mostly by showing them that the weakness mm -hmm. is also a strength. Once you explain that, and at least in an audience context or in a company context, once you explain that, then people are more comfortable. So I do an assessment in the Freak Factor, and we also do it in a workshop for Pink Goldfish. Uh, Freak Factor, it's personal. Hey, Kirby, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Now let's look at how they're connected. Let's look at how, yeah, you're stubborn, but that's because you're persistent. There's a strength that goes with it. Mm -hmm. So let's maximize that persistence and let's stop worrying about people calling you stubborn, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it. Part of it is the way I approach it. I admit my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. um, and then that makes other people more comfortable admitting theirs. I give examples of very successful business owners. Paul Orfala, who ran Kinko's, was basically illiterate. He had ADHD and dyslexia. He literally hired people at his company to read and write for him. That's how uh, much he couldn't read and his company ended up being worth $2.4 billion. And he had to start by saying with at least a number of people, hey, I can't read. <laughs> I literally need you to read for me. We're gonna use voicemail at our company uh, because I can't read. So we're not gonna communicate that way. And, and so when somebody at the top can do it, then it helps the people farther down. And that's hopefully what the examples are designed to do is reduce people's fear um, that uh, something terrible is going to happen if they admitted their weaknesses by showing that actually oftentimes something magical happens. Like one of the things that we talk about in both books is um, the, the Heath brothers, Chip and Dan Heath, they talk a lot about communication and things like that, made to stick, and, and um, uh, they have a new one called Power of Moments that we reference in there. But one of the things they say is that you actually become more trusted when you admit that you're not perfect because we know that nothing's perfect. We know that no business is perfect. We know no person is perfect. So people think, oh, I'm going to lose credibility when I admit weaknesses when it actually gives you more credibility because everyone else is faking, everybody else is pretending. Yeah. So I think it is a process just like I didn't wear a pink suit the first day. I put on a pink shirt. Um, I didn't buy pink glasses the first day. 
Um, I wore regular glasses, then I wore some pink shoes, then I added some pink pants. It was sort of a process, right? So I think it's starting maybe with close relationships and family members. It's starting with your management team. Um, but then we do the same thing with pink goldfish is we give strengths and weaknesses of businesses and we show them how small companies, for example, you might be like, ah, we're so small. Yeah, but you're super flexible. Mm -hmm. Ah, you know, we're so slow and we don't move very fast. Yeah, but you're huge and that size gives you a lot of advantages, right? So how do companies see, in fact, uh, there's been some amazing ones uh, that we just found, like um, Republic Wireless in Raleigh, North Carolina. They have an ad, a billboard that I just saw the other day, and it says, um, people call us boring like like it's an insult. <laughs> and then their tagline is proudly predictable wireless uh, solutions or something like that. And so that's actually one of the uh, – it's like I told Stan, as I looked into it, it's like we made it up. It's like we made up the example. It's so good because – one of our strength weakness combinations on the company assessment is boring, predictable, right? <laughs> Predictable's good, right? Reliable, consistent is good, but boring and predictable even sometimes can be seen as negatives, right? Mm. And then one of their other ones is they say that they're basically a company designed for penny pinchers, and then they cross out penny pinchers and write the fiscally responsible, <laughs> right? And that's another one of the ones on the assessment is sort of for people especially, is are you stingy? Okay, well, that's because you're frugal, right? And you can say it either way, right. but it's the same thing. And we, we, we admire frugality, and then we criticize people for being stingy. It's the same thing, right? Mm. So by showing people it's the same thing, it takes some of the stigma off of the weakness and helps them just sort of focus on the strength and see the strength. Yeah, it's so funny. I think we have a, a common friend in Danny Rosen, and Danny talks yeah. about vulnerability yeah. and just being uh, authentic. Yeah, he does it in a way are. that makes it so that I'm not afraid of it, and so I, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate it. So, yeah. well, you've answered my three questions uh, so eloquently. I'm excited to to read the Pink Goldfish. I've already read Freak Factor and recommend it. Um, so, I get, give everybody a chance to ask me one question. Do you have one for me? Yeah, I mean, uh, and this might be tough to think of off the top of your head, so I can have another one. But do you have you thought of any companies as you've looked at our example and thought about the concept? Do you have any uh, companies you you've dealt with, experienced, um, you know, even just seen a commercial of that seemed to click like, hey, this sounds like a pink goldfish? So this is right off the top of my head since you're just asking me. But the one that actually yeah. popped into my head, and I always like to give whatever comes into my mind, is the company uh, behind me, Promo Corner, which is where this is aired. Actually, we just came from our biggest trade show, right, in our industry. And they have a booth. But they don't sell anything because they're a media company. And so they literally created a booth where they did a couple of media things. And then they were like, all right. See ya. <laughs> like we're not going. We're embracing the idea that we don't have anything to sell, so we, yeah. we need to have a presence here. But we're going to do it in a way that makes sense based around us. We're not just going to stand here and shake hands and glad hand all day. So I'm not yeah. sure that's a perfect example, but that was what popped into my head. Yeah. Well, anytime. I mean, one of the concepts, one of the parts of the we have sort of what's called a flossum framework for pink goldfish. Love that term. Um, so it's 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 flaunting. Uh, and so it's the idea that your flaws make you awesome, right? Mm -hmm. And then so our framework follows those um, letters. So F is for flaunting, parading without shame. L is for lopsiding, which is doing more of what everyone else is trying to do less of. So our example there is Hardee's making very, very unhealthy food. When everyone's going Subway, everyone's going healthy, right? Yep. Um, and then the, um, the A is antagonizing. So one of our examples there is... Um, um, Alamo Drafthouse Cinema. So actually kick people off, if, kick people out of the movies if they talk or they text. You can't even come in if you come late. And so they kick this lady out 
And when they did, she got super mad, left them a voicemail. Instead of sending her some coupons, instead of apologizing, they created a um, PSA from her voicemail, put it, turned it into a YouTube video. They show it at the beginning of their movies. They've got millions of hits, and they basically say when she goes, I hate it, and you treated me so bad, they're like, thank you for not coming back. Right? <laughs> so instead of trying to draw her in, right, they're pushing her away. Um, and so that's antagonizing. Um, uh, w is withholding, so it's doing less, mm. right, of what people, why don't you grow, or we want more options, or we want you to open more stores, or we want you to provide more services. Nope, this is what we do. Mm. We're either going to stay small, we're going to keep this limited menu, we're going to keep these limited services. So that's a little bit of what you're talking about, a little mm. bit of withholding, like, we don't do that, we're not going to do that, everybody right. does that, we won't. Um, the S is swerving, just doing things a little bit differently. And then the O, I think, is more of what you were talking about, it's just opposing. Right. If everybody has a trade show booth, just don't. Right. So I'll give you an example of going a little bit farther mm -hmm. is don't even get a booth and then not spend the whole time there. Just don't get a booth. So what some people have done is they've spent the money on attending the conference. Right. And then they just go to the sessions and just talk to the people and just interact like a regular human being. And they <laughs> tend to have more quality interactions than when they're. Yep. You know, standing at a booth, hoping somebody will talk to them. People are a little afraid because they don't want to get sold on something. Right. right. What if you just participated? What if you just went to the dinner and just talked to people like a person instead of you already ate your dinner because trade show booth people eat at a different time right. so they can be ready? You know what I mean? And so mm. opposing is definitely one of the options. So it's so simple. Anytime everyone's doing this, you just go you, do that. You right? Zag, right? Yeah. Everybody has a big fancy booth with lights and bubbles and all these kinds of things. Yeah, what if yours was, what if you had no sign, no nothing, and people had to say, like, what are you doing here, or is your booth broken, or did your <laughs> stuff not show up? It would at least, right, it would at least get people's attention, right? Yeah. Um, you know, just have some guy, you know, in shorts and a t-shirt just sitting there, you know, <laughs> and just with a chair. Yeah. And just a bunch of empty space around him while all this other, amazing, everybody, so that's the idea, though. When everybody tries to make their booth even more amazing, then the whole thing turns into Las Vegas. Right. And the way to actually stand out isn't by trying to be more Vegas. It would be by just stripping it down and just having a couple guys there in, in some white shirts, uh, or ladies, doesn't matter, but just a couple of people there um, and just, you know, sitting in a couple of chairs, just staring off into space, right, with nothing to hand you, nothing to give you. All they want to do is have a conversation. They're not offering you a raffle. So... And this is the thing. Everybody can see, even just from that example off the top of my head, people would pay attention to that. Right. People would have questions. People would be like, what is going on? Whereas when you make a Vegas booth, people are just like, uh, yeah, that's okay, but it's not quite as good as, right? right? You're never going to win that sort of escalating arms race, right? Mm, yeah. No, that's a great example. That's a great example. Well, this is amazing. So I'm excited. You said that the, the response has been pretty good so far for Proof yeah, of Goldfish, absolutely. right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, we just um, I just had a guy the other day. He was one of my friends for years, and he runs a company, a, a data company for pharmaceutical um, companies, businesses, and they gather data and share with them sales data that they don't normally have access to, and they organize it in a way that's useful. And uh, we were just having some breakfast the other day. I thought we were just going to hang out. And he goes... I want to turn my company into a pink goldfish. I want to hire you to, like, I just thought we were just having breakfast, hanging out. He didn't say, like, I want to have, like, a conversa you know, conversation with you. And he goes, like, we're excited. We want to get Flossum. And, and, and what's awesome was um, he goes, and they're, one of their colors is purple. Um, and he goes, we, wanna, we want you to push us to, he goes, we have a trade show booth. Go into your thing. And nobody pays attention to it, and nobody pays attention to anybody's trade show booths. And this is what we do. 
he's like, we think at least part of the strategy would be to do your thing with color. What if we started wearing more purple? What if we really embodied purple? What if we took it to the next level? He goes, but we need your help to almost, going back to your thing, to have the courage to do that. We need somebody who's going to keep pushing us and not have people go like, meh. Like, already he's like, well, we looked for dress shoes in purple. We didn't find any. And I sent him a couple options from Zappos, but they were sneakers. And he goes, we didn't think about that, right? We're going to wear purple, but let's at least have you know, grown up shoes, professional <laughs> shoes. And then I showed them, you know, they have a, they call it the Prince on yeah. opposites. They have a purple suit. Yeah. I'm like, if you're wearing, if your guys are wearing purple suits at the trade shoe trade show, people are going to pay attention. Yep. Everyone's going to know who they are. Everyone's going to recognize them. And it's going to be, that's sometimes when I'm at events, uh, and normally I haven't had the whole suit. I've just had a pink jacket. People come up and talk to me just because they go, there's a lot of people in here. None of them were in a pink jacket. I decided you were someone to talk to. That's awesome. So it creates some of that. And, and so that's how effective it's been so far. And people are really um, people are really catching on to it. And then they're giving us even better examples, which makes it a better thing. And it's really growing fast. Yeah, so we're excited about it. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, we, got, we, we promised we'd say something nice about Stan on this one. So, uh, you know, I, th- <laughs> he, he, I think he's a nice guy, don't you? Well, I think one of Stan's <laughs> things, what Stan is so good at is, A, kind of synthesizing ideas, kind of bringing ideas together and making them simple and understandable. He's also really good at bringing people together. Um, mm. And so I think, you know, that's, uh, it was a good, it was a good thing for me. At the beginning, I was like, I don't know, this is kind of my idea and I don't know why I would put it in your series and this is sort of my kind of thing. Uh, but it's it's got me moving in different, different directions. The collaboration has gotten me thinking about things I wouldn't have thought of just on my own. Um, and uh, we've been able to do some things together to create videos and other things for it that have been really valuable. So we just ordered, uh, just um, recorded the audiobook too. Oh, cool. um, and so that'll be coming out later this year, uh, probably hopefully in February or March on Audible. So Cool. So everybody check it out. It's the Pink Goldfish. Dave, thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Have a good one. All right. Well, that wraps up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. What's up?